everyone. This is Chris and Sandy. Been with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And I tell you, I'm so excited about today's show because it's been three days since we've done any interviews. You know, we, t- we took the weekend off, took the weekend off, Long and we weekend. took Labor Day off. And it's like, okay, now yeah. I'm like in Nashville. She's done some great things, and I think you're going to love her. We we got a chance to chat with her a little bit before the show, and she is funny. So, so Katrina, are you here? I'm here. How are ya? I am good. And I'm yourself? doing great. Oh, I'm good, thank you. I'm so excited to be on the show. You've had so many amazing artists. I feel very honored to be here today. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, oh, it's thank our you pleasure to time. have you on. So I always like to start I, the show off the same with, you know, there's a big elephant in the room, as, all, as they always say. Um, how has COVID affected you, and how are you maneuvering through it? You know, I think uh, apart from the, you know, the the emotional stress of it all, you know, like, you know, everyone's life has completely changed this year. Um, but, look, honestly, moving to the USA, I've had some real struggles, just financial struggles and a few other things. And for me, I have to always try and see the positive side of it. Otherwise, I can, yeah. I'm one of those people that completely get engulfed mm-hmm. with, you know, oh my God, you know, I yeah. can completely get into that dark hole. Uh, uh-huh. So for me, it's actually been a year of a lot of growth. I think not being able mm-hmm. to play shows has meant that I have got into, you know, work on demos and recordings. I've been in the studio recording throughout COVID and um, my boyfriend and I, we have recorded a record. Um, mm-hmm. New music is coming out. And I've also picked up the electric guitar. So I've just started learning electric oh, wow. guitar. And, um, you know, when you play and you're always playing shows and writing every day, you know, I spend so many hours playing music every day that the last thing I want to do is pick up a guitar and practice, you know. So um, I find that this has actually been incredible for personal growth. Um, Yeah. yeah, So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely – it's funny, you know – I remember when we first launched this show in, on January 3rd, our original plan was to do 80 to 100 interviews first year. I figured, you know, 100 interviews, if we did that, if we pulled that off in the first year, that's probably more than most hosts has ever done. In, I mean, of course, there's people that's done more than that first yeah. year. But for the most part, most people that don't do 100 shows their first year. So I thought, great goal to have. And then mm-hmm. COVID happens. And I told yeah. Sandy, I was like, I was like you know – this may be our. We'll, we'll never see a twenty another twenty twenty. This will never happen again. Yeah. All That's these true. artists are going to need a place, a platform to talk. I was like, you know what? Yeah. This may be our time to shine, and we'll probably get bigger artists than what we would have gotten if you know, as a new show, as a new show. So, so you know what? Let's just put yeah. the hammer down and go all out and just see what happens. And that's what we did. And because of that. Yes, if I'm if I counted correctly, because now it's getting so many. I mean, I think you're number two hundred and eleven. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! You guys, uh, oh my gosh, I love that. You know, I was saying I was saying this this morning. I had a meeting uh-huh. this morning for coffee, and I was saying twenty twenty is either the year of you can either have it as a year of a lot of heartbreak. You know, I, I won't be able to go home mm-hmm. to see my family for Christmas. It's been two years since yeah. going home, and. Um, 
the fact of like not knowing when I can get back to see my family uh, mm-hmm. is really hard. It could either yeah. be a year apart break, and you know, both myself and Steve haven't been able to work. We haven't can't play shows, and I can only play shows on my visa. So I, I literally, yeah. there's nothing I can do right now to make an income uh, until music starts playing again. Uh, and it has wow. a little bit, but not very much. But you mm-hmm. know, it's I said. As you guys said, there's never going to be another 2020. This is the year to do what you would do if you said that if I didn't have to work, I'd do this, you know? So <laughs> yeah. it's a year of dreaming and making your dreams come true. It's a year of planting seeds for the dreams, yeah. you know? So you yeah. guys building are building that foundation. Yeah, and you guys are doing such a great job. Honestly, the, the names that you've got, uh, that you've uh, done interviews for is you guys should be so proud of yourself it's so amazing what you guys have achieved in this time well thank you we do we do pinch ourselves at night we're like sometimes sometimes we're talking (laughs) and we're like can you believe this yes it's such a privilege to get to do i mean i I remember when we had cassidy pope on since you mentioned her name earlier i remember when we had cassidy pope on she was talking about a surreal, a surreal moment in her life, and I remember thinking to myself, "Yo, I can relate because this is one." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so lovely. Absolutely. Well, congratulations! You're doing an amazing well, job. Thank, I think it's so exciting. Well, thank you. <clears throat> so, I always like to go a little light before we really dig deep into your story a little bit. So, what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? So people ask me that all the time, and it's so funny. I'm so obsessed with music that I love <laughs> learning every aspect of the business. But uh, one thing I do do that isn't music-related, but it's somehow everything turns into how can we filter this into my business. It's funny. Mm-hmm. But I actually love photography. So um, oh, wow. when I was in Australia at one point, I was going to give up music and just do a w- mm-hmm. wedding photography. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. all of a sudden I switched gears and I thought, you know what, I'm going to chase this dream and go to America. I just oh, felt wow. like I wasn't in Australia. I, I, um, I wasn't getting topped up by music anymore. Like I'd kind of mm-hmm. got to the point where it's, it's, it's a tough gig in Australia because um, it's not like America where you can drive, you know, four hours. I can drive from Nashville to Atlanta and play a show. I can drive mm-hmm. from Atlanta to Savannah mm-hmm. and play a show. And people yeah. come, it's, so in Australia, there's only like five or six big markets where you can travel oh, to wow. play. So it's kind of harder to really support yourself <laughs> unless you are uh, a, a household name. Um, yeah. I, I, it's so hard to build. So, like, for example, like Morgan Evans, uh, Morgan and I used to live in the same city. And, huh. you know, Morgan would mm-hmm. go and play a um, music festival and then the next week he'd be under an alias name playing cover gigs, same run. Like he'd play a venue one week and then I'd play it the next week. So uh, oh, cool. it's kind of like, yeah, to survive, you have to do the cover gig thing just to mm-hmm. pay the bills. If you want to do it full time. Otherwise, some people turn into singing teachers on the weekdays. And, you know, it's it's a tough gig yeah. over there. But so uh, here... You know, it's sort of like, you know, I still have to do the cover gigs every now and then, but, you know, mostly it's like house concerts and trying to build the little fan, the fan bases up and connecting mm-hmm. with people that want to hear your music rather than, yeah. you know, a cover song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know what the so, question was. I hope. 
<laughs> you covered it. You know. Uh, so, what is something quirky about you? Oh, quirky. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm that quirky. I think I'm pretty. I'm one of those like my grandfather was a policeman, and I always grew up never to. I, I don't know. I'm always. I don't think I'm that quirky. I think I'm pretty safe. If that makes sense, like I always go by the yeah. rules. I'm yeah. such a maybe that is quirky. I'm such a rule. Uh, you know, I don't really drink a lot. Um, I, I don't know. Like I don't. I don't think I have any quirks. <laughs> I think I think I'm pretty boring, really, to be honest. <laughs> so, what would you say? You know, you know, when it comes to music, there's always that point where you know when people are young, they have this dream that they want to do music. But what at what point did you look in the mirror and say, you know, this could actually be a career for me? What what, what was that moment? Uh, it's so funny, you know. I look at, um, you know, the idea of the USA, and mm-hmm. I remember I was mm-hmm. uh, I was eleven when I started writing songs, and from then oh, on, it was almost like I was a really I was a really sad child. I would come home from school and. I, I think I suffered from depression as a little kid and I didn't even know it. I had dealt with depression, mm-hmm. but I would come home from school and say I didn't have any friends. And where I probably had friends, I was just, I'm a bit of a loner. And so mm-hmm. I'm very introverted. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think, I think really ultimately, um, I really just didn't discover myself. It was like this Coke bottle shaken up with a lid stuck on it, you know, and then all of a sudden I started mm-hmm. writing songs and I became my, I became me, you know, I found <laughs> oh, that wow. bit that was missing. And so I was 11 when I started writing songs and singing on stage within the, the, that year. So um, I'd always sing in choir and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. when I figured out, it becomes something like I was never good at anything. I was pretty bad reader. I was, I'm a terrible speller. And um, when I found music and writing songs, it was something that I was good at. So I, you know, that made me special. And so I honestly, from the moment I started writing, there was nothing else. It was it. Wow. And I remember being about 14, 15 years old. And think about this, like I would tell my teachers that I was going to be a singer in Nashville. And <laughs> oh, wow. they would roll their eyes at me. Wow. Yeah, and so, and, and and the thing is, is that I would tell them that, and like, so for so long, I'd always, and mm-hmm. I think many years of that sort of had taken its toll on me as well, like I would, yeah. oh, maybe I can't do it, maybe I really can't mm-hmm. do this, you know, maybe, maybe that dream is too hard, maybe, you know, so you go mm-hmm. through all this self-doubt with such an obstacle of a, a big ocean and a country and visas and immigration <laughs> between it all, but yeah, so I was the, I was a young thing. I think I've never, ever imagined anything different. Oh, wow. And, you know, that's perfect lead-in to where I want, where I'm about to go, Um, because you're talking about the struggles and all that. I love that because, you know, one thing we do on our show that I think is not talked about enough is, as you know, a lot of fans, they see the glory behind like a, uh, Blake Shelton, uh, Miranda, a uh, Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifices, the tears to build this type of career. It's not like a nine to five job. It's a 24 yeah. seven. And I'm going to tell a quick yeah. story to help lead us where I want this to go. And then we'll discuss that. But back in 2014, I remember we, um, we, 
we emailed. Uh, that's funny. My mind just went, <laughs> you know, that, that shows I took too many uh, days off. <laughs> but um, exactly. we, we, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. Um, and back then they were full time with music. And I asked Allison, what advice would she give an up and coming artist? And I'll never forget her answer. She said that this is going to sound funny coming from someone full time, but if your heart will allow you, will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that. And just keep music as a hobby. She says, the moment you want it to be a career, you're, you no longer own your life. She goes, everybody else owns a piece of it. <laughs> she goes, your friends and relatives, they never understand because they invite you to weddings, to weekends, yeah. to holidays, to cookouts. You can't go. you got gigs. And they, don't, and they don't understand it. They don't understand you can't just um, cancel a gig when there's 50 people expecting you to be there. So you can't yeah. just do that. You know, and they don't understand that. Then there's then your your family. They have to sacrifice right along with you, not just the artist. Then on top of that, there's days to where you feel miserable, you're depressed, you may have the flu or whatever, but you have to still get on that stage that night and smile like you're having the best day ever. And but then yeah. she added, she said, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in. Because I see only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she yeah. said? And let's talk about that side of it. As you were saying all that, I was tearing up, to be honest. Um, I remember, you know, I look back and particularly throughout COVID, particularly throughout, you know, I've only been able to afford to go home one time since moving here over the last three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And I think of the family <laughs> gatherings I've missed. I think of the weddings I've missed. I don't get invited to weddings anymore. And I think it's because I'm, I'm always away on weekends. I don't spend enough mm-hmm. time with people. I spend time with people who come to my shows. But, like, you know, I think I've, like, I, I exhaust my energy out performing that I don't really want to hang out with people outside of work, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. and I think of that and I think of um, I actually struggled with uh, laryngitis. I had chronic sinusitis for 18 months oh, wow. in 2018. And I, what would happen was I, um, I actually had to have two surgeries. And I was living in oh, the wow. USA. I can only make my income from music. And I know that feeling. I know that feeling of uh, I used to wake up in the morning and see my voice. And, and do everything I could to get my voice back to try and sing mm-hmm. gigs that night to make money to pay my rent. And wow. um, I remember a girl from Australia came to visit and she watched me. And I said to her, she, she wanted to move to Nashville. I said, what is it that you want to achieve? Like, what's your goal? And she looked at me and I will never forget this and I'll try not to get emotional as I say this. She looked at me and she said, I want to do exactly what you're doing. I want to see what you are. And I looked yeah. at her and I broke down. I started crying and I said, yeah. you don't want this. You do not want this. Mm. And that was throughout a hard year, a really lonely year as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it is, I, I think sometimes it is a curse. It, it's a curse. But <laughs> the thing is, is it's just like, it, it is a curse because it's just like, I can't not do this. But I know yeah. I've actually taken, mm-hmm. you know, going through depression, I took a step back from music because I couldn't do it anymore because I was so, it caused so much heartache. It's like so much of, you're doubting yourself all the time. You're mm-hmm. constantly getting judged by people, you know, with every 
positive feedback comes the negative feedback and you're like, maybe I'm not good mm-hmm. enough. And it's all these things that come with it and it, it takes its toll. And so then yeah. you, I took a step back and I'm like, I'm more miserable not doing it than doing yeah. it. <laughs> but it's, mm-hmm. it is, it's a curse. But, you know, I look at it too. It's just like, you know, this whole COVID thing of like not, not being able to play for not being able to play and taking a step back and finding what's more important um, mm-hmm. has, I've like picking up the electric guitar and trying to learn lead guitar for me has been like, I like, oh my gosh, I've got my joy back. This is how I do it, you know? So oh, I, wow. think, I, I think it's all, it's all comes in its ups and downs, but it's yeah. an amazing adventure. Honestly, it's an amazing adventure. And it, it's taught me to be really strong. Yeah. And, and we totally get where you're coming from because you know, our show doesn't make our living yet. We hope one day it will, but we're chasing yeah. really the same dream that y'all artists are chasing, but just on a different platform because we're trying to be the next Bobby Bones or the next Ty Bentley. You know, so yeah. we're chasing the same dream as y'all are and trying to build this thing up and trying to grow and trying to grow. And there are thousands of people who do what we do. You know, so we totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. And I think it's, you know what, to do what you love. You know, like I would love to just be able to record my own songs and release them and, and go play shows and connect with people. Uh-huh. But it's all the extra, mm-hmm. it's all the other bits that people don't see. You know, yeah. it's all like you guys trying to find artists to book and interview yeah. and all the, all the rest of it, all the hard work, the social media, building, the marketing. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, when does this ever end? It becomes a full-time job. But it is like that. It is like, well, you know what, like, it, it's when you can turn, you know, you said, what's your hobby outside of music? It's like, for me, I find something that I really love. And then I mm-hmm. go, all right, well, I can incorporate this. Like my whole graphic design and photography, uh, I, I use it every day in my business. You know, I edit all my yeah. own photos. I, mm-hmm. you know, like, so it, it's all those things, you know, where it's just mm-hmm. like, it all gets incorporated. It's become <clears throat> entrepreneurial, but how lucky are, are you to be, chasing that dream you know some people don't yeah. ever find their dream yeah and, and what's funny is it, yes, it took us right. you know what's crazy about this i remember when sandy and i first married almost 18 years ago oh i was one God, of these people that <laughs> i was one of these people that wanted <laughs> to be a motivational speaker i listened to audios 24 7 yeah we get married she listens to music 24 7 where there's a problem there when we get in the car what do we do so we had to learn to compromise really quick, really early on in our marriage. And so we'd listen to 50% of my stuff, 50% her stuff. And, 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 yeah. what's, and what's cool about all yeah. this is I always joke that Sandy brainwashed me into all this music stuff. Cause I'm a, yeah, but here that. it is, all of a sudden, eight, almost 18 years later, we found a way to take my passion. I still get to speak just on a different level than I thought. But, hey, I'm still yeah. getting to speak through these interviews. She's getting her passion of music through these interviews so we found a way to combine our passions into a purpose through the chris and sandy show you know what i always say that that's destiny when two people find each other and they they find their path together by both of their passions i think that's destiny oh, oh yeah there was it was no meant one. to be yeah. <laughs> and you know and you know you told about that you know to, to our story actually is you know we met online back on february 2nd of 2002 we talked on the phone for the first time february 4th we set a wedding date 
February 18th, and we met in person no March 4th. So we, we were actually meeting in person to see who we were going to marry. Oh, my gosh. That's and the amazing. date we set and the date we set was October fifth mm-hmm. of two thousand two, and here we are in October. We'll celebrate our eighteenth wedding anniversary. Yes, That's amazing. Okay, so like, were you both nervous <coughs> before you met? Like, what happens if you weren't like attracted to the other person? Like, what happens if it was like? Well, uh, well we did. Well, we like did picture. see pictures <laughs> as long as you know, as as long as yeah, we, we, we were truthful pictures. about our. I mean, granted, she we we could have sent fake pictures, of course, you know, but yeah. we didn't. Yeah. You know, you know, I can remember, I still remember that I'm waiting at the airport and I see, because she told me what she'd be wearing. I seen her way down walking and she was really shy back then. And I was like, oh, that's her. And she, as she got closer, I was like, okay, I am all in. <laughs> Which oh, I was already all in anyway. That is so oh. sweet. <laughs> that's beautiful. Okay, what, how did you meet? Like on MySpace or something? <laughs> it was on a two. Yeah, it, it was on a Christian singles website. Yes. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That, so you guys would have been like the first, one of the first batch of people to meet online. You were the pioneer. Absolutely. Yep. yep we, we were uh, the uh, guinea pigs there. Yep. I, I, always, I always joke. I always, you know, people talk about we were crazy back then. I'm like, actually, the people nowadays are crazy because back then, oh, yeah. even even the bad people didn't understand the Internet. Like they do now. So I think that we, I think when we met, it was the safest time. (laughs) Yeah, probably was. That's probably true. Yeah, that's a a beautiful story. Congratulations (coughs) on coming up to your 18 years. How exciting. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. And what's the secret? You know what? The biggest secret, now granted, we're hardcore Christians, so our big secret is God first. But outside of that, uh, yeah. Um, I, I I believe the biggest secret is we like to have fun together. Period. We yes, laugh and we appreciate like each other. You, you, you know, a lot of people yeah. they get in this rut where they work all the time, they're apart all the time, then they get in this rut and they ne- never can get out and they forget what it was like when they were dating, when they had that yeah. fun, when they had. Because so see, Sandy and I, we, we have. Well, we, we well, of course, we got two kids, so that's pretty much our fun. And we like to go, you know, sometimes we go play disc golf. That's together. That's pretty much fun. Um, the we show like is to fun take for us. Day trips. Yeah. And, and and we go to Jackson. I mean, we live in Savannah, Georgia, which we're moving to Nashville next year. But we live in Savannah, no, no, Georgia, right now. Yep. Oh yeah, we're moving there. We got to be there. Um, oh, got too yeah. many friends there <laughs> now too. But you know, we we travel to Jacksonville a lot for day trip. Jacksonville and Charleston, South Carolina, both are like two hours away. So we do that two or three times a month um, just to get wow. away for the day. But we just like to have fun, and I really believe that's one of the biggest secrets is we've never forgot how to have fun. And, we, and we've been a 24 – and you see, we've been a 24-7 couple since the day we met. We don't live a traditional marriage. Wow. No. So you guys don't, like, work apart, like, when you're at work or anything like that? No. You're not away from each other? Is that what you mean? Yeah, we we work together. Yeah, always work Everything, together. Uh, like like in the evening times, right now to stay afloat, to, while we build this brand, we deliver food and stuff, and we do it together. That's amazing. You know, I love that. So, Steve and I, um, you know, we've been together for two years, I, and I say I'm mm-hmm. pretty confident he's he's my person, and <laughs> uh, we pro- that, 
I was just saying that when you said about having fun, we do often sit at like Labor Day, we were just at home recording. That's what yeah. we wanted to do. That is our fun. But I do think yeah. it is work as well. We probably should do more of those day trips. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. We have a lot of great memories yeah. from all the day trips. And, and our kid, and of course, our eight year old, he loves the day trips. And now, granted, our 18 month old um, Caitlin, she, she don't. She loves the day trips, but she can't, you know, yes. she can't communicate with us how much she likes them. But you, you can tell a difference right. when we go down to Jacksonville or oh, and other places. Oh my God! But, but, that but we just like sweet. again, sweet we life. like to enjoy, and that's the biggest thing. So now yes. that we talked about the sacrifices of what it takes to build a music career, let's talk about the glory side, the the side that makes those sacrifices worth it. So when you look at your career so far. What are some a few moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? You know what? I know this is kind of going back into the sacrifice thing, but one mm-hmm. thing that I've really learned throughout all this, I remember when I was a little girl, I wrote, I'm a golf setter. Uh, and actually, Chris, I would love to hear a list of your favorite audiobooks, what you listen to, because I'm so totally mm-hmm. obsessed with the self, you know, the motivational oh, wow. books and stuff like that. <laughs> so um, when I was about 14 years old, I put a, a wrote down a goal is to win a thing called the Golden Guitar Award, which is our CMAA Award, the equivalent to CMA mm-hmm. Awards in Australia. And okay. I remember I was nominated for two Golden Guitar Awards back in 2012 and uh, from an album I released in Australia. And this was at the peak of my depression. Um, and I remember sitting there and thinking, I had just left my fiancé, I was engaged at the time, and I just mm-hmm. left my fiance and I was severely sick and just lost. And I thought I was meant to be happy. This was the moment that I was, I told myself, I pictured it. I envisioned it. I was going to be happy mm-hmm. in this moment. And I wasn't. And so for oh, well. me, everything, everything for me changed. And I think my glory comes from like every single day I wake up and feel I go, oh my gosh, I am living my dream. I'm doing what I love. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I, I think the glory doesn't come from the shiny things and the awards and all that. That's the yeah. cherry on top. And so yeah. I do always try and put things into perspective. You know, for me, my favorite thing is and where I get the most uh, the, the the most uh, enjoyment from is from actually really potentially changing people's lives. When, when someone yeah. messages me and go, oh, my gosh, that song, like, this that song really helped me through today. Or that mm-hmm. song changed mm-hmm. my perspective. I've got this new single called 25 Cents in the Ashtray, which I'll be releasing. Which we'll be playing in a Oh, yeah. Yes. So uh, you guys are the first people to play it. It hasn't actually been released. It's not going to be released until the uh, 18th. But, um, you know, I That is all. About, we love that. Yes. Yes, So I talk do. about... Um, not having anything. I moved out to the USA mm-hmm. with $15,000 and I, you know, I, I look at that and the glory of it is, is like, you know, hopefully this song can be something like, you know, you may not have much, but just think about like, you're going to look back at this moment and this is going to be a memory for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, remember yep. how hard I did it? Mm-hmm. And so I think, it's, <laughs> I don't know, for me, that's the only way I can get through things. You know, I, I love to yeah. try and Im- impact someone or, uh, yeah guide someone to believe in themselves or keep trying, keep pushing. Mm-hmm. So that's because I read too many motivational books. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. 
And I love yeah. that. And we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to play your song, 25 Cents, yeah. and come back and talk about that. How's that sound? Yay! Right, hang on the line here, and we'll, we'll be right. back shortly. Cool. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please Oh, I got 25 Tray, scratched up twelve dollar cheap shades, a quarter tank on a highway, dream of Sunday. Gotta have it 
Yes, Thank love you. it. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about how that song came together. Well, you know, as I said earlier on about, you know, moving to the USA, I've got some friends who moved on out here with record deals and managers and, you know, like big, far bigger connections than what I moved out here with. I honestly moved out here yeah. with a dream and 15,000 US dollars. And it's funny, wow. like when you when you move countries, you don't budget for things like a shower cap or soap. And so I noticed uh, that yeah. like my money was dwindling away very quickly and I didn't have any work either. I landed here and I'm like, okay, cool. I reckon I could get through about three months without income and then yeah. I'd be in trouble, you know? Uh, and so, <laughs> but thank God I found a venue that took me in and let me play every night. I'd play for, for, oh, wow. for tips at a place called The Row. Uh, they were so mm-hmm. sweet. And um, this song was inspired by a trip to my very first trip out of town with my little car. I bought a car for three and a half thousand dollars. And as we speak right now, my poor little car hasn't worked, hasn't started for about two months and I'm kind of afraid to try and take it to the mechanic just in case you know it's something very expensive that I've got to replace Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I think in COVID right now when I don't have an income I think I'm just going to leave it out uh, parked out the front with not working but I remember driving to Memphis uh, for a gig valued at $150 I was playing the Hard Rock Mm -hmm. Cafe plus tips and I'm like oh my gosh I probably won't even you know, I might, you know, take, cost me like $60 to drive there or how much it cost me to drive there. And um, I stayed at the, the person who was booking me said I could stay at their house for free. So I stayed at his house mm-hmm. and like, yeah. I didn't know this man. I'd never met this man before. And I just kind mm-hmm. of like said a prayer and hoped that I would be safe. Um, actually, I had coffee with him this morning. He's the sweetest person. He's so sweet. <laughs> um, and I played the Hard Rock Cafe and then that led me to playing another show that next night and then the next night, I think I played three shows and I ended up mm-hmm. leaving town. I took a risk on $150 and I left town with a week's worth of pay and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, you have to take those little risks but I remember driving to Memphis yeah. and worried if my car was going to make it make it there or not and honestly, I still say little prayers every time but, you know, not having a lot of money and I think I used to wake up in the middle of the night uh, gasping for air, like having panic attacks, thinking mm-hmm. I used to wake up and go, where am I? You know, and I go, okay, and I had to kind of like wait, I'd wake up every day and go, oh yeah, I'm in Nashville, you know, and then I'd go mm-hmm. back to sleep. Like I moved out here by myself and um, it was, it was really terrifying. It was, it was pretty traumatic to be honest. It was a real, the toughest thing I've ever done. And, uh, but I had to look at it and go, I had to try and go, I'm going to look back at this time and go, man, I did that. And how crazy mm-hmm. was that? Man, that was fun time. You know, I had to tell myself that that, that was the only way I could get through it because it was, it was mm-hmm. scary. I, I could have just jumped on that plane and gone straight back home, you know. But anyway, so 25 cents in the ashtray is about that, not having much. <laughs> but having a dream and living, living the best days, you know, looking back and saying that's what I'm going to say. And I do now. I do say that. It was it was a good time. 
<laughs> that is awesome. Now, as you know, a lot of times fans, they see the artist, but they don't see the team behind them. And it doesn't matter if the team is one person or 300 like um, Justin Bieber. A team is a team. Yeah. And without the team, it's hard for the artist to be able to do everything that they need to do. So I always like to um, allow the artist shout-outs to some of their team, parts of their team that helps them be who they are. So if you want to take a few minutes to just talk about a few people that really are behind you that help you be what, what you need to do. Yeah, well, as an independent artist, um, I have tried to do things where I can, and, you know, like teach it, teach him how to fish, and he can feed, eat for the rest of his life. So yeah. I'll try and get in and learn as much as I can, like because I do graphic design and stuff, so I do my own design yeah. um, and all that stuff. And but we've taken that same mentality. My boyfriend produces for me, and you know, oh, wow. we went on a date and. Our first date, he never mentioned that he played music or anything. And I went to his house for the first time, and he goes, do you want to see my studio? And I'm like, studio for what? And he goes, I'm my recording studio. And I'm like, what? Anyway, so we ended up playing music to each other this whole day, and I was, like, blown away by his talent. But we sort of moved in together, and then he started – he did one or two demos for me, playing around. And then when COVID hit – it kind of threw our whole year out, and we said, "Well, mm-hmm. we've got nothing else to do. Why don't Why don't we make some music to release?" So Steve, and we've definitely gone from that. Steve actually also films, and he produces my live streams. We've got multi-camera live streams, so we no kind way. of call it like a like a startup business. You know, we we're a team mm-hmm. and we do it together. Um, uh-huh. And so Steve Kinney is his name, and uh, he's an incredible man, and I feel so very blessed. Uh, to have him in my life and we just love creating together and then you know we've got a really great friend who Steve went to school with who is my bass Mm -hmm. player and he is also an incredible team player too he uh, puts together my live shows as my musical director and puts together the live shows and is an incredible uh, is an incredible uh, project manager so Mm -hmm. um, yeah that's that's awesome. my team. Oh, and I actually also have a really incredible distributor in Australia <laughs> called oh, well. Will. And uh-huh. so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and with us, we kind of got a third team member ourselves. Um, our little yes, eight-year-old we boy, he, we consider him like a co-host. He comes on and asks one question, oh, yeah. so Sandy's going to get him on oh, real good. quick. Oh, I've been so excited. <laughs> and and when our when our eighteen month old daughter gets old enough, she'll be plugged into the show too. <laughs> oh my gosh, how sweet! Because we are a family affair here. <laughs> I love I love that. You know, my family <clears throat> have always been my mother, and we had a family business growing up. So I totally get that and appreciate that. I think that's really special. Oh, he loves to be a part of it, and here he is. Here's Christopher with his question. Hi, Rakina. What's your favorite food? Uh-oh. My favorite Uh-oh. food. Oh, oh. Okay, I actually personally love, and I don't know if it's classes of food, but it's definitely lots of dessert. I love Jenny's ice cream. Have you had tasted Jenny's ice cream before? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Oh. Well, you wait till you come to Nashville, and, and we can all go to Jenny's Ice Cream together one day. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, it's and my what's favorite. Yours, and what's yours, Chris? 
Pizza. Oh, gosh, that would be a close second. And what kind of pizza do you like? What's your favorite flavor? Pepperoni and sausage. Oh, yum. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Christopher, you have Bye, the sweetest... Then. You have the sweetest <laughs> little uh, Georgia accent. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, and you know what's funny? We was walking at the beach um, in Jacksonville a few weeks ago. And as we're pushing the stroller with Caitlin, or she might have been even – no, I think she was walking with us at this point. And these two young girls were walking by, and they looked at Caitlin, and they said, oh, such a cutie. And he looks directly at them and says, I know, I am. Oh, my gosh. I love that. He seriously did. (laughs) And, and then of course they, right. and then he says, and then they said, yes, you are too. Oh, <laughs> yes. Hey, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of confidence. That's fantastic. <laughs> yes. That's so yep. sweet. Oh my gosh. So if you could, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Oh, you know, I love. I don't know if you've ever come across Travis Meadows' music. Mm-hmm. Um. He is like going to church, you know. Oh, wow. I he actually used to be a preacher, and oh, wow. um, I only found oh. this out afterwards. But every time <laughs> I go and see him play live, if you love motivational speakers, and he mm-hmm. is like he tops up my spirit, like musically and uh, just. He he is he changes lives with his music. He's amazing. Wow! And, and it's a different experience when you see him live compared to the recording. Too, I love the recording, but there's something so powerful about seeing him live. It's amazing. I love that. <clears throat> so, what song out there that you've heard? And there's probably a thousand answers to this one. Just think of something that pops in your head. Song out there that you've heard. That you were that you thought to yourself, I wish I wrote that. Oh my gosh, I don't have to even think about that one. Um, <laughs> the song, um, "The House That Built Me," Miranda Lambert. Oh, uh, that's one of the uh, most popular answers on our show. It is that it's a beautiful song. <laughs> we love that song. It, it's <laughs> just like one of those things where everyone has their own special connection with it. Everyone closes yes. their eyes and envisions a different house, you know. And yeah. I, I remember mm-hmm. when I was going through, you know, my severe uh, sinusitis, like basically what it would mean is that, like, it's only sinusitis, but I'd give me laryngitis. So I would, like, sing for a week, and then I'd have four mm-hmm. weeks where I couldn't sing and couldn't make an wow. income. And so it was, like, a really terrifying time for me. And wow. I remember um, – I remember – not being able to fly home, and I remember thinking the only way I could ever be back home or visualize being home is when I'd close my eyes and sing that song. And it was, yeah, it's a, it's an incredible song. Wow, I love that. Now, this past February made the five-year five anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five mm-hmm. years. And I always want to tell this story. Because I want artists to think about this answer before I ask them this same question. Because five years ago, when I asked Kelsey this question, the answer she gave us then is almost to the T of what she's living now. So she knew wow. 
exactly where she was going. She had that vision already. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? You know, I would, I would love to have um, a hit song on country radio, <clears throat> whether I sing it or someone else sings it. I would love to, <laughs> I would love to have uh, an incredible market and fan base in Australia, and mm-hmm. I would love to make a full time income from doing what I absolutely love and so like where I don't have to substitute it for cover gigs and where I can go and play shows and connect with people by singing my own music so I'd still on the mm-hmm. cusp of yeah I love that now let's say that we're 5, 10, 15 years down the road whatever and you are a success whatever, whatever this is you're a success if the person you are now could meet your future self what would you tell her Oh, that's kind of hard because I look back at the, my past. You know, if I was to talk to myself 15 years ago, uh, even 10 no, years no, no, ago. No, no, I'm saying what, what, you, would, what yeah. you would tell your future self, see. We go the other way with it. Oh, because everybody you asks. your future self? Oh, yeah. yes. I think that, you know, if, if I was fortunate enough to have that kind of success, I would <clears> uh, – you know what? I think I'd probably still be humble. I think I've kind of been humbled enough in my lifetime uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to remain humble. I wouldn't have to tell yeah. myself to be humble. But I think it's always like always stay true to yourself, always stay true mm-hmm. to your heart. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that's that. what I would say. And see, the, one of the reasons I asked that question in that way, because like I said, everybody always asks, what would you tell your past self? Mm-hmm. I like to ask, what would you tell your future self? Because – Whatever answer you give, you should be living right now if you're going to ever get yeah. there. And that's kind of – and so that's kind of the whole purpose of that particular question is to make artists really think. So speaking on that, that same thing, on advice type thing, what – um, let's say that you had a friend of yours, and let's say that you heard him or her sing and they got something special. You know, they, there's definitely something there. And let's say that they've played maybe 40 or 50 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. And they've, but they've gotten what every artist says, that stage bug, where they're on that stage, they're looking over the crowd, the crowd's roaring for them, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, Katrina, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would yeah. you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? I would say, and I know this sucks because I, I go into so many meetings where people tell me the same advice, and you go, oh, my gosh, when will it just be, like, something different? My <laughs> advice is to just keep going and don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. I love that because that's, that's so true. You know, as, you know, being in the motivational stuff, you know, half of life is not giving up. That's really, I mean, it's, yeah. you you just got to keep going. And, you know, what comes at you, you roll with it and, you know, and keep moving forward wherever you're going. Yeah. You know, with that in mind, I think, you know, I don't think necessarily, I'm not taking any credit away from anyone who is on the, the top, you know, Keith Urban. I, I love Keith Urban. And mm-hmm. I think... Or, or people like that, where it's like they if they 
you know, I, look, I know Keith was a, a part of his absolute cream, you know, but like <laughs> I think the difference is, is between Keith Urban and people that didn't make it is the fact that Keith never gave up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know, it, it, you know, that made me think of a little story, and you'll probably love this one since you're big in the motivational stuff. I remember hearing a story, and of course it's a um, fictional story, but where, where two guys are in the woods, and they come across a bear, and one of the guys bends down and putting his shoes on. And the other guy said, um, you can't outrun that bear. Why are you putting your shoes on? And he says, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. Wow. And, and that made me think wow. about that's what, that's what artists have to do. They've got to outlast yes. everybody else, and they will make it to the top. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it is true. It's like, and someone said to me, think of it as like waiting in a queue to get through the door, mm-hmm. you know, and the longer you stick around, the more people leave the line and you get closer up to the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. But it's a hard slog, you know? Like, I look at it like I wrote this song um, called Songwriter, which isn't released yet. It's it's lined yeah. up to be a part of this new release, uh, the new record, but it's called Songwriter. And the first verse starts off as like, it, it was a moment of like real vulnerability. Um, mm-hmm. And it was inspired by, as I said, it was inspired by uh, Travis Meadows. Uh, his song called oh, wow. Rise Up, which Dirk Bentley, I don't know if you know Rise Up, Dirk Bentley, that song. Mm-hmm. So Travis Meadows oh, yeah. wrote that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, Travis Meadows oh, wow. wrote that song. And so, um, but the first verse is just basically me coming out of this illness that I had for 18 months of fighting and Mm -hmm. just feeling like I wasn't good enough, you know, and I still battle with that where I constantly Mm -hmm. have days where Mm -hmm. it's it's a constant battle. Like maybe I'm not good enough. So it's like I go, the first line of it is maybe I should just give up, wrap it up and move on home. Mm -hmm. Throw it in a dusty Mm -hmm. box where baseball gloves and dead dreams go. You know, but the yeah. chorus is like, it's a long road of hard nose, hitting highs and feeling uninspired. It's a tight rope, a flat rope, then buying midtown shots when I'm on fire. It's burning out and giving in, waking up to try again, songwriter. And I think whether you're a songwriter or whatever, it's called songwriter. But uh-huh. I think it's life, mm-hmm. right? You burn out, burn yeah. out and you, you, you give up for a moment or for a day or for a week. Well, you just need mm-hmm. to rest and recover in whatever yeah. season you're in in that time in your life. But then you dust yourself off, you get back up, and you keep going. And I yep. think I think that's that's I think that's the difference between and you know it's not just about the people you know I said you know keep it's the people who don't give up and going through that you know like look at the story of Keith Urban where he went through you know he had a lot of addiction problems and a lot of times they're not feeling good good enough and. I remember um, I'm friends with his manager that moved out from Australia with him. And there were so mm-hmm. many times where Keith just doubted himself. He doubted if he could do this, you know. And so, um, and look at him today, you know. And I think that it's a part of the journey. It's like get, how resilient are, yeah. are you? And I think that's the mm-hmm. line. Yeah. And, and, you know, talking yeah. about the whole thing, if, you know, I really believe that God used – Sandy to help heal me because when I went through 19 years of addictions 
until wow. until I felt like God healed me tw- almost 13 years ago. But the first five years of our marriage was really rough on Sandy. But, you know, even through that mess, she never nagged me. She never put me down. She never done that. She was just my little angel that uplifted no. me in spite of the addictions. And, and you know, sometimes people will, when they hear our story, they will, they will question, well, she really let you walk over her. And I'm like, no, she actually allowed me to experience God's pure love through her because without that, I think I would be dead by now. We definitely wouldn't have two kids because we'd probably be divorced and all that. But because she stood strong, believing that there was some purpose for for us being married, she believed that with all yeah. her heart. She was able to get through those early years. And here wow. it is now. I've been sober almost 13 years. It'll be December 26, be 13 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. Well, yeah, and you know, do you think that like my relationship with, um, you know, as I said, I don't really drink a lot, but my relationship with um, any kind of substance abuse it is more so, I have this song called I Only Drink When I'm Broken, and mm-hmm. it's like I really only ever do turn to alcohol when I'm not happy in my heart, and mm-hmm. uh, I I think it's like find those little things that make you happy in your heart and you don't feel the need to reach for anything else, but but apart from what you've got, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that. That's That's a great story. So as we come to a close here, um, I always like to end with the same question on most shows. What is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Oh, I don't know what I could tell you on that one because I think you guys have just done an amazing job. I've actually really – this is such an incredible uh, interview because I've had such a great time getting to know you guys better. You know what? It's been a very personal one. I've never had an experience like this. So I think that – I I honestly do uh, think that that you probably nailed it. Yeah. Oh, you know, that appreciate it. You know, when we launched the show, that was one of the things that, you know, I, I am a really emotional person. And yeah. And that and that's why I came up with the whole tagline up close and personal because you know, there when you listen to a lot of the other hosts out there and, and again, nothing against them. They they're good at what they do. But I wanted something to get closer to artists. I did I wanted a show to where we get parts of their story, parts of their background, and we actually go deep, deeper with them than they than they than they're used to. Because I think that everybody has a story, and I want to hear it. Yeah, I really love that. I think that um, it's so refreshing, and it's a definite point of difference. You know, I feel like we've become friends. So, like when you come to Nashville, we'll have to go to Jenny's Ice Cream and and <laughs> catch up, right? <laughs> That would yeah, be awesome. So now, well, we appreciate that. So now, Thanks if you want to tell so everybody much. how they can reach out to you, that would be awesome. Yes. Well, please come join me on all the social media stuff on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, it's Katrina Burgoyne. Now, my name is a little bit of a challenge, and it's spelled B U R G O Y N E Burgoyne. Uh, or you can go to katrinaburgoyne.com. Love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we for sure look forward to having you back down the road. Yes. Yes, thank you so much. And, Chris, I'd love to hear about these your favorite your favorite books. That I would love for you well, to send me an email of your top five favorite books. We'll definitely do that. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you so much. You guys are so sweet. And tell uh, you yes, thank, thank you so much. Oh, we will. Oh, you, you have a great day. Take care, guys. See you later. All right. Bye. You too. Bye.